With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 190th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're just a day away from the draft. The Falcons are supposed to be movers and shakers, trying to move up to get a defensive impact player. Or at least that's the move that's been telegraphed here pre-draft. If that's not the case, they'll sit at 16 and try to get some help for the defense. Today we're going to talk about five players on the Falcons' radar screen. But before we get into that, we're going to start off with some information from general manager Thomas Dimitrov and head coach Dan Quinn. A couple questions from our conference call with the two on Monday to get things going. Usually when I'm asked to, to comment on a sponsor and thank them, it feels a little contrived. But let me tell you, during this time, during uh, the virtual setup, I mean, AT&T 100% needs to be lauded for all they are doing with our tech group. You know, uh, Carl Pierberg and Mike Cruz, you know, just continue to kick butt getting everything set up because it is not easy, obviously, to do what we're doing right now. So I just wanted to lead in on that. You know, I woke up this morning thinking about some of the, the basic elements of, of scouting and about how, how we are where we are right now, that there's a simplicity and a, a I guess, a purity to, to what we're doing right now that brings me back to, you know, I don't know, many, many years doing this draft. I mean, 28 plus probably. So there's a lot going on here, uh, but there's a simplicity that I really value because it's, it's why I got into this business in the very beginning. I know Dan can comment on that from a coaching perspective. I think it's, it's very interesting from both perspectives, but uh, I, I did want to say that I value that a great deal. We're able to do a lot. We've done countless interviews and countless uh, video hours uh, together, Dan and I, as well as you know, with the scouting group and the coaching group. So we are in a really good spot, we believe, right now. We think that we're primed and ready to roll. Um, of course, you know, then it brings me back to the reality of everything. This is still a draft. This is still a game. And, you know, obviously there's something much bigger at stake here. And, and uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, of course, and my own gratitude towards the doctors and the nurses and, and, and the healthcare workers. Uh, you know, when I get into that mode every once in a while, so focused on the draft, and then I flip back to the reality, I feel so blessed as we all are, are to be talking about football. So uh, I want to express that. I want to toss it over to Dan. I know Dan has some really interesting things to say. What's up, everybody? I'll throw the first challenge at you. Mic's off, but your camera's on, and that way we can engage and have some fun to do it. So last week we gave a little bit of trouble to some people. So um, this is an exciting week, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, let's face it, in 100 years, this has never been done before. And there's another good following, so that's an example of technology. So um, in 100 years in the NFL, like, this has never been done before to have, like, a virtual draft. And... Um, 
you know, media fans, coaches, GMs, everybody. Um, it's so different. But uh, I think the draft always gets good coverage. I think this weekend is going to be even bigger and, and stronger than it's ever been in that space. So I think we never forget the reason we're doing this virtual draft. It's a horrible one. And it's taken a lot of sacrifice by a lot of people to help us, you know, get to where we're going to beat this thing and kick its ass and get going again eventually. But um, in the meantime, for a few days, I think it's uh, pretty awesome that football is able to bring us together um, on a different topic um, where we, you know, a lot of times hear so many of the things on the negative side. Just for, even just for three days, it, it'll be fun to, to share some football with everybody. But I got a backup TD in the middle of all this newness. Um, it's still the same idea with the draft. You know, how does how we get the team better? You know. Over the next, you know, three days, that Thursday, Friday, and, and Saturday, with the draft and college free agents to sign, uh, that's where the goal is, and that's where it always is. So, um, we're pumped, man, to get rolling on the weekend, um, and we're actually get started with you guys today too. So, um, Dave, all yours, man. You can hit it, and uh, we'll get the whole thing rocking. All right, we'll open up to uh, Dear Orlando Ledbetter from the AJC uh, for your two questions. Reminder: Please uh, address at the start of your question if it's for Thomas or Dan. Dean. Thank you, David. This first question is for Thomas. Um, how are you all managing with, you know, character being so important for you all in locker room fits? Uh, you know, we're putting the board together this year with uh, the social distancing and the, you know, the red dots and black dots in the past. How have y'all tried to manage that in this time? You know, DLD, I mentioned to you the idea that you know, in the past we would have been out, you know, flying around, you know, shaking hands and looking in the eyes. Uh, we're, we're able to do that a, a lot, of course. We're able to probably do it more than we have done it, although it's virtual. We continue to, to cross T's and dot I's, and, and we do it probably at levels with not only myself and Dan, but our directors as well as our scouts and our coaches. So we've adhered to the rules as far as how many people we can contact and how often but when we have issues, we come back to these guys that we need to readdress. Uh, so I think we're in a really good spot, D, where, again, we're here and we're not moving around. And we, have, we have ample time to focus on these players and really dig into what we think is the right character and the right fit for this team. And second question for Coach Dan, um, you know, how are you uh, trying to assess the character and the locker room fitness for your guys coming in? And, uh, and then if you can give us an injury uh, report on uh, Neil, Allen, McKinley, Edo Smith, and Deidre Sinat.
from the injury standpoint of guys who had you know some off-season surgeries or in-season in some instances, uh, Kiki and, and Rico and uh, Tap, all those guys are making great progress and uh, hitting the markers that they want to. Um, in that space, you have to make sure you know from the rehab standpoint, can they hit all the things? And so, fortunately. Uh, for all those guys, there's guidelines and, and in place for all of them to, you know, continue on the same path that they would have been on. Big coach. All right, there's Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. Uh, of course, TD started off with a tribute to the first responders and the frontline workers and uh, his uh, technology folks for um, the company that's handling things for them. And Quinn was getting a call from a coach as we were getting online. Uh, we wanted to talk about the character fits. You know, they try to make, um, you know, that is a big deal for the Falcons. Uh, if the guy's going to fit in the locker room, what's his character? And then how hard is assessing that over Zoom interviews, Facebook? time interviews and things of, of that sort which they had to do this year uh that's a story that i'm working on um that would uh run the day of the draft so uh those were the uh, questions that we started off with then we had to get an injury report we hadn't had one since uh uh, the end of the season, and you normally would have got that at the owners' meeting. So uh, was bare bones, but everybody's doing pretty good. Of course, the big one there is Tack and Keon O'Neal. Uh, you know, if they get them two guys back, that's two starters. And if Rico Allen's all the way back, that's three. Um, although I can see them going more five, a big nickel with Neil Allen and KZ because KZ's going to stay at free safety. But, hey, let's move on to the five players on the radar screen. Jeff Facundo, Ohio State cornerback. Isaiah Simmons, Clemson linebacker. Derek Brown, Auburn defensive tackle. C.J. Henderson, Florida cornerback. Clavion Chason, LSU defensive end. Uh, they didn't have to go far. That's all ACC Simmons, and uh, the rest is, uh, well, no, Ohio State's Big Ten represented there, and then you got three SEC guys. So, you know, much of the talk is about the Falcons moving up maybe to four. Three doesn't make sense, uh, you know, based on the reports here. Uh, uh, Bob Quinn, Detroit, doesn't want to move out of three and then miss on one of his guys. So, if he does, he's only going back to five to Miami or six to San Diego. So the, the target is um, Gettleman in, in New York. So what do they need? Everything. So they uh, they can come back to 16, pick up picks, and then get some linemen along the way if they don't really like a lineman at four. Uh, you know, they were uh, projected to take Jarek wills at four so if the falcons go up there that's gonna cost them i didn't even bother to do the numbers on that i did the numbers on moving up to nine and uh, that would cut both of them cost them the two and just how much damage it cost them next year so they decided or 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 telegraphing that hey they need an impact player out of this draft uh mortgage some of the future and draft capital which they've done throughout thomas's the Mitros tenure, so no 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 cause for outrage. Uh, no, uh, uh, it's not shouldn't be that much of a surprise for the fan base that they're going to trade up and get the player they want here uh, in the 2020 draft. Acuna's uh, you know number one cornerback. Some people think um, 
Henderson might be the number one. I just started seeing that this week, though. That was the only time I've seen that uh, as him being a, a number one cornerback. But um, he can play man and uh, zone. He played in uh, – they asked him to do a lot under David Grantham down in uh, – at Florida, so they're familiar. He's familiar with some pro concepts. Uh, covered skills are really good, which you know teams are covering now, and the Falcons will need a lot of that. That was a problem early on in the season last year where guys were running around uh, scot free in the secondary. So, uh, but be much needed, would improve both. Uh, the other one here, um, and then. Uh, that uh, you know, we need to put on the list kind of slash is uh, Javon Kinlaw, the D tackle from South Carolina. So uh, we got him down here along with this uh, list here. Maybe they trade up to nine for him and or Henderson. So whoever's available, but if they're going up to four or five, that's uh, Akunda or Simmons and something Derek Brown, although. Uh, we, um, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, Derek Brown looked great next to Grady to me, but we haven't heard that pairing yet. So that's where, those are the five players on the radar screen. Actually, six <laughs> I threw in. Well, I had Kinlaw on my list. And uh, Clay Chase on, I don't think they want him. I think they'll flip out of 16 if all this done, all this falls through, all the guys are gone, then boom, they're getting out of 15 because, uh, um, you know, they'll take Clay Chase on and trade him to Dallas or something because he's 20 and he'll be 21 in July. They know that it's going to take a couple years for him to get uh, on the field and be a force. So, um, you know, and they 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 don't know if they're going to be here in a couple years. So they're looking for somebody to come help them in 2020. Saying he doesn't fit the bill there. So if all this doesn't work, uh, the Giants deal to falls through, Jacksonville falls through, uh, you know, uh, Henderson's gone, Kinlaw's gone, Simmons is gone, Acuna's gone, Derek Brown, they'd all be gone at that point. So you get to 16 and you go, oh, well, I might as well fade back to 20-something, pick up some picks, and, and draft four defensive ends, and maybe one of them can play. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's where we're at here heading into the draft. So stay, stay, uh, stay, keep your head on the swivel here. So keep your head on the swivel as we go into the 2020 draft. Uh, I'm on pause here and give a big thank you to you all, the listeners um, of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Uh, it was noted by our publisher, Ms. Donna B. Hall, in an uh, email to the, to the staff uh, yesterday uh, in that through March 1st through April 14th, uh, she quoted our Bowtie, our BT, Bowtie Chronicles podcast parentheses Falcons saw a 51% month over month gain y'all business folks can call and tell me what that means but I think it's pretty good okay 51% month over month gain focusing on off-season analysis with the NFL season up in the air listeners still want to hear what's on D Orlando's mind sports overall as a topic continues to perform well through the pandemic Donna B. Hall, publisher, Cox Enterprises. Well, that was nice to see, uh, and I want to thank you all for listening, and uh, we try to keep it uh, as upbeat as we can during these tough times. So we're going to close out here with um, going over to the Georgia prospects. 
Georgia, I got Georgia, Georgia Southern, and we got a Georgia Tech guy jump up in here. And then we're going to close out with the HBCU uh, roundup. Uh, you know, they had the the their pro day canceled, and we want to acknowledge some of the talent there. But Georgia, we're going to probably see Swift go first, Tom Swiffer Thomas, Isaiah Wilson, the uh, right tackle, and Solomon uh, Kindly, the guard, you know, maybe the sec- maybe second day, uh, second or third day picks. From, I'm looking third round. I keep hearing third round. Uh, you know, he gets in the right place. Good for him. He might be able to, you know, go on and have a good career. Looking fifth round for the kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, safety, J.R. Reed. A lot of people like him. They think they can get him late. Uh, that's Jake Reed's son. His dad uh, played in the NFL, played at Grambling, which, um, you know, Jake Reed, J.R. Reed started out at Tulsa and ended up at Georgia. Uh, Charlie Warner, the tight end. Lawrence Courage got hurt. Man, the uh, the uh, pandemic hurt his case because he needed to get well and uh, get some measurables out there. He was hurt at the combine, and then running back Brian Harry, and he was he had a great, you know, good little college career. He wasn't swift, but he when he got in the game, he ran hard. He was very dependable. Uh, definitely could uh, make somebody's team on special teams and give them a quality back. So uh, we expect to hear his name called. If not. Uh, certainly we'll hear him uh, getting signed um, with the team. Now, the two Georgia Southern kids, uh, Kendall Vildor, he's from North Clayton. He's a D-back. Folks like him who could go. Um, he's probably a middle-round guy. And then Tyler Bass is the uh, kicker. Uh, I got a, meet, got a, a, a Georgia Southern vent. We get those because they live in the shadow of the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, they've said that Tyler Bass was the number one kicker, not the Rodrigo kid from, from Georgia. So, um, you know, whatever. Hope, hopefully both of them do well. Now here um, – uh, another one here, last couple of days, I got Ken Zagura. has been keeping track with Georgia Tech people, coming up with stories for you all. He tries to get one a day. And one last week, he got Tyler Davids in the tight end, and we, we got to go to Georgia Tech's Pro Day. But uh, Tyler walked him through some of his FaceTime interviews with teams. He's heard from half of the league, including the Falcons, uh, big tight end, uh, 4 6 5 40, 6 4, 250 pounds. He'd be the first Tech tight end drafted since Tom Covington in 1992. So, you know, that's a good state roundup. Give you, you know, we got about 33 guys from the state, but this is just the state school guys uh, to keep track of uh, during the draft. But the UGA guys will be going off the board in that uh, mad SEC rush. It's going to be a big SEC draft again. Then we got the Georgia Southern kids uh, going to be going. and uh, Tyler Davidson might not go, um, but he may sign as an undrafted guy. There's a couple other, uh, Cottrell and a couple other kids over at Georgia Tech. Now, last one to wrap up here today, just because uh, I was looking forward to this. Uh, you know, uh, of course, I started my... Um, Started covering, uh, you know, my career covering HBCUs. Uh, I was the, I was the uh, uh, PA announcer for Howard football for three years and covered them for the Hilltop and New Kim Free of the MEAC. And uh, Leo Miles was an NFL official. I think he helped me get the NFL Fritz Pollitt Scholarship Award back in the day. 
But, uh, you know, one of the big things was Troy Vincent was trying to put together a uh, pro day for the HBCUs that was going to be uh, right before the owners meeting down in Florida. They were inviting 51 players uh, down to uh, take part in the pro day, but that got canceled. So uh, I'm going to run over some of the numbers and some of the players uh, that may get drafted or certainly may make it to camp. And, uh, you know, last year there were four players drafted from HBCUs and there were 32 on the opening day roster. Okay, of course, Darius Leonard from SC State, Tariq Cohen from uh, NCANT, you know, those are recent players, but you know, you all know the history. Uh, uh, Doug Williams coming out of Grambling, Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, you know, uh, so forth and so on. Some of the legends, uh, Walter Payton, Jackson State. I know from Howard, Anton Bethea, he's our big one. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot of players to come out of the HBCUs that have fallen through the cracks, uh, but are good players, definitely. Uh, Alex Taylor from SC State, an old tackle. He's the number one. Uh, HBCU guy. He was at the Senior Bowl, actually. Uh, played some basketball, went back and forth between basketball, uh, but came back and uh, is, uh, you know, big guy. They think they can turn into a tackle. Caden uh, Crawford, a, lot, a tackle from Delaware State. Uh, Marcus Pettiford, an offensive lineman from ANT. And then last year's. Um, Offensive and defensive players of the year from the MEAC, Ryan Stanley, the quarterback from Florida A&M, and uh, uh, Darius Royster, defensive lineman from North Carolina Central. Those are uh, some of the other top prospects. I got a couple other here. Uh, Jalen Morton, a quarterback from Prairie View A&M outside of Houston. Uh, According to our pal Chris Thomason from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, he had a, a meeting with the uh, Vikings. So, uh, you know, those are some of the uh, HBCU guys who could get drafted or certainly could be in camp. Alex Taylor of South Carolina State, Caden Crawford, Delaware State O-line, Marcus Pettiford, NCA and T, uh, Ryan Stanley, Florida, Florida A&M quarterback, uh, Darius Royster, the North Carolina Central D lineman, uh, the offensive and defensive players of the year from the MEAC, and uh, Jalen Morton, the quarterback from Prairie View A&M's, had a meeting with the Vikings. Uh, they need a backup probably to help out with, uh, I think, Sean Manning. Manion is the backup up there. So, but uh, just close on a sad note, too, from the HBCU family. Uh, Travars Jackson, a former Alabama State, Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, um, died in a car crash recently. So, you know, he went from the HBCUs to have a good career uh, good career in the uh, National Football League. That was a call from Mike Cunningham. Sorry for that. We're going to get on out of here of the 190th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. And really, thank you all for listening. We got the publisher checking it out. We got big numbers, y'all. Thanks for listening. Music composed by Dion Orlando Ledbetter, also known as DJ Magic.
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.